I forgot my clicker. You can either flip it or I'll tell you when, when to flip them today or you can bring them to me. But uh, the majority of our message today, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel chapter 5. Thanks. I'll probably have to be re-clicked up too. So as you're turning to Daniel chapter 5, as I shared earlier, Memorial Day weekend is, in fact, a time for grilling and camping and family and the Indy 500, the Coca-Cola 600. But as I shared earlier, most importantly, it's Memorial Day itself. It's a day that is set aside for us to remember those that paid the supreme sacrifice in defense of America and freedom. Through their willingness to serve and lay down their lives, we have an opportunity to live in freedom. And by God's grace, and through hard work, to become all that we can be. That's what makes America great. And so again, this Memorial Day weekend, we invest this time to again remember the source of America's greatness. The source. Notice that's a capital S on purpose. The source of America's greatness. And so for us to better be able to fully appreciate the one from whom all blessings flow, we look into the book of Daniel to hear the proclamation of the one to whom abundant blessings were given, of one to whom much was taken away, and of the one who remembered and acknowledged the one true God. So if you look into the book of Daniel, chapter 5, the passage that we're going to be reading today is Daniel chapter 4, verse 37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Father, we thank you so much for your word and that inside your word we are able to discover again and again and again the way and the truth and the life. Father, we pray again today that you will give us ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts that are able to receive the word that you have for each of us today. Lord, we thank you in advance and we praise your son Jesus in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, in Isaiah's day, he witnessed the end of the northern kingdom of Israel. And he prophesied correctly about the end of the southern kingdom of Judah. Daniel, however, experienced Judah's exile firsthand. 
For he was one of those that were taken into captivity to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar. And he was one of the first to hear what has become known to us as Jeremiah 29.11. Although Daniel was in exile, he found favor with God. And God gave him favor with Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel was placed in high esteem because of the faith that he had in God. Through that faith in God, Daniel was instrumental in helping get Nebuchadnezzar to the place where he publicly praised and exalted and glorified God as the king of heaven sometime before his death in 562 B.C. At that point, Babylon was in great hands, but history goes on to tell us that in just 23 years, after Nebuchadnezzar's death, Daniel records his eyewitness account of the fall of Babylon along with the reason that Babylon fell. So let us look inside Daniel chapter 5 and discover the reason that Babylon fell. So first, let's see in verse 1 that in the face of danger, King Belshazzar was living it up. In the face of danger, Belshazzar was living it up. And we see it in verse 1. King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine with them. Now it should be noted that at the beginning of chapter 5, Babylon was under siege by Cyrus, king of Persia. Danger was right outside the walls, and yet Belshazzar was throwing a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles. And yet the whole time, the annals of Babylonian history, the greatness that was Babylon, the almighty source of her strength and greatness could be found in their history. Yet Belshazzar apparently didn't know about Daniel or Daniel's God. 23 years. They were living it up one last time. Which begs the question, when we are in uncertainty, when we are in the face of trial or danger or hardship, to what and to where, to whom do we turn to find answers to the problems, to find order out of the chaos? To where and to whom do we turn? For Belshazzar, he was living it up. He was living it up. And besides living it up, we second see that 
Belshazzar was looking back to the spoils of their glory. He was looking back to the spoils of their glory. We see that in verse 2. While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem so that the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines, might drink from them. The spoils of glory. It should be noted that in her day, Babylon was a superpower. It was a superpower. After toppling Assyria, Nebuchadnezzar was at the peak of his power. And to the rest of the world, Babylon was a symbol of wealth and power and greatness. Which leads us to ask the question, to whom did Babylon owe thanks for the glory that they had attained? Did they invest a day each year to acknowledge and remember Nebuchadnezzar's proclamation that read, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of Heaven, because everything he does is right, and all of his ways are just. And those who walk in pride he is able to humble. Did they invest a day, a year? Did they invest a week? Did they remember? And how do we acknowledge? How do we remember and give glory to the source, capital S, to the source of our greatness, of all that we've attained, of all that we are, of all that we ever hope to be. How do we acknowledge and remember and give glory to the source of our greatness? Not just today, but throughout all of our days. How often do we remember? What difference does he make in our day-to-day lives? The Lord God was the source of Babylon's greatness. Yet here in verse 2, we witness Babylon's co-regent, her second in command, the heir to the throne. In a moment of living it up, he remembered the past, yes. He remembered the crown of Babylonian power. He remembered the moment his forefather Nebuchadnezzar conquered Judah, and in particular the spoils that they attained, rather than the source of their greatness in the first place. Which ought to lead each of us to ask ourselves, are we focused on the land of plenty? Are we focused on the land of want? Or are we continuing to remember and acknowledge and give glory throughout the good and the bad to the source of all that we are and have 
and ever hope to be. You see, Belshazzar, he was looking back to the spoils of glory rather than the source of their greatness. And why did he do this? Well, he did not know and acknowledge the God of glory. He didn't know and acknowledge the God of glory. And we see this in verses 3 and 4. So they brought in the gold goblets that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem and the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubine drank from them. As they drank the wine, they praised the gods, little g, of gold and silver and bronze and iron and wood and stone. Praise the gods of those things rather than the source of those things. All of the power that was Babylon, all of the wealth that was Babylon, all of the luxury that was Babylon, in this moment they had everything that they needed to find deliverance from danger. I'm convinced that just as they... Just as it had been for Hezekiah in his day when Zennacherib was camped outside Jerusalem. I'm convinced that had Belshazzar remembered, if he had known and remembered the source of their greatness as, as proclaimed by his forefather Nebuchadnezzar, if he had taken on that posture like Hezekiah had done, God would have dealt with Cyrus like he did with Zennacherib. But no. Belshazzar did not know. Therefore he did not acknowledge the God of glory, the source of greatness. And in the end, how did Babylon come to such a shocking end in 539 B.C.? Well, They forgot the source of greatness. They forgot who gave them everything they had. We see it playing out in verse 18, where Daniel is reminding Belshazzar of this truth, of Babylon's past greatness. Daniel says, O king, the Most High God gave your father." That word here, father, it means forefather. Nebuchadnezzar was not his dad. He was a forefather. God gave your forefather, Nebuchadnezzar, sovereignty and greatness and glory and splendor. God gave him all of these things. Belshazzar, all that you are and all that you have, these things that you're drinking from and praising for and gods, they are not from these false gods, they are from the king of heaven that your forefather Nebuchadnezzar knew and acknowledged in that moment when he was in the wilderness like the wolf man. And he looked up to heaven and saw God, proclaimed him, 
and he was restored to his place. Belshazzar would have known all of that, but they had forgotten. But since you have forgotten the almighty source of Babylon's glory, you have insisted, you have instead given glory to the things of worldly value. Your reign has now ended, for pride has been discovered in your heart rather than humility. Pride has been discovered rather than humility. That gets me every time. But this is where those that are in Christ can step out of this narrative. Can step out of this story because in Christ... We have something that Babylon and Belshazzar didn't have. Namely, Christ himself through his Holy Spirit in us. You see, friends, when we begin in Christ and we begin to be thankful and cherish the things of the world and the things of the people around us, when we begin to be preoccupied with the things rather than the almighty source of all life, because of God's great love and faithfulness to himself and to us, he will come and he will redirect us to the path of life. Amen? Paul wrote regarding this in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. It says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful Say this with me. And he will do it. He will do it. God is committed to conforming those that are in Christ. Can I say that again? God is committed to conforming those that are in Christ. I think I need to say that again. God is committed to to conforming those that are in Christ. He's committed whether we are or not. He is faithful and he will do it. I used to say to my kids when they were little, we can do this the easy way or we can do this the hard way. But one way or another, we're going to do it. Right? How much more our godly, our faithful, loving God of peace, how much more... For him with us in our lives. He's not going to leave us alone out there amongst the things and the ways and praising the stuff that we have. When he's the source of all life. He's not going to allow it to happen. We can do it the easy way or we can do it the hard way. But either way, it's going to get done. Praise God. Amen. Amen. I'm excited about that. 
I don't always like it, but I'll tell you what, when it starts to get difficult at different times and different things, and I begin to value, oh, that makes sense, God. I'm, I'm, I'm quick to snap. Sometimes it takes a little something. Because of God's great love and mercy and faithfulness, because if any man is in Christ, if any woman is in Christ, he and she is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5.17 In Christ, no, God does not cut us off when we are in Christ as he did with Belshazzar. It's not an option for God to cut us off. It's his commitment to see us conformed into the image of Christ. God himself, the God of peace, will come and he will redirect us because he is committed to saving and sanctifying us. Amen? But regarding America, clearly, regardless of how hard the narrative of the world tries to change it, clearly, America was birthed and grounded on the rock of salvation. And America has forgotten her source of greatness. Therefore, her days are numbered. Unless America remembers, unless America repents, unless there is a third great awakening, America's end is sure. You see, Babylon, they forgot the source. They forgot the source of greatness. And I pray, I pray that America, I pray that America will remember our source of greatness before it's too late. You know, friends, Few nations have had a history like America. For 245 years, America has been, as Ronald Reagan used to say, a shining city on a hill for the whole world to see. Through the abundance of natural resources and biblical sense and the American work ethic and ingenuity, America has become the wealthiest and most prosperous nation in the history of the world. The new Babylon, quite possibly. And out of that wealth, America has sent the gospel around the world through missionaries, through literature, through radio repeater stations, and now via the internet into the four corners of the world. So much so that almost every tribe and tongue has heard the name of Jesus, quite possibly in the high 90s percent. 
have heard the name of Jesus. The good news. The wonderful news. Of the amazing love. Of our eternal life in Christ. Amen. But as it was for ancient Egypt and Israel under David and Solomon and Babylon and Persia and Greece and Rome. Their time to rise came and their time to fall came. And we ought always to remember all of the great things our world has gained through America. But we ought always to remember that we cannot expect, we can't expect that America will endure because of all the good that we've done in our time. For you see that just as there was a last night for all of the others, there will be a last night for America. If the corporate heart of America does not remember the source of our glory, he is the source. But I say, and may we say, and may America stand up today and say, Not today, Satan. Not today. May we stand together today with Nebuchadnezzar and recite with conviction the words that he spoke some 2,583 years ago. Join with me in this declaration as I read these words recorded by Daniel, the words declared by Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Let's stand. And now we, the people of God and citizens of America, we declare and praise and exalt and glorify the King of Heaven, Christ Himself. Because everything He does is right. And all of His ways are just. And we declare today, in the year of our Lord, 2021, that those who walk in pride, you are able to humble. And Lord, may we be found to be among those who seek justice and love mercy and walk humbly with our almighty source of glory. May we always remember, you, O Lord, you are our almighty source of greatness. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people declared, Amen. Amen and Amen. All right, let's remain standing and sing this.